Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When you love meat, you find a way to take it with you everywhere you go, especially when it comes to getting outdoors. That's why Smithfield has so many high-quality, delicious meats that are perfect for any outdoor adventure. Whether the park you're headed to is a national park or just the one down the street, like Smithfield marinated roasted garlic and cracked black pepper fresh pork tenderloin, expertly seasoned for on-the-go flavor, or prime fresh smoked ham that'll have you building on-the-go sandwiches packed with flavor. Smithfield Extra Meaty Back Ribs bring hand-selected perfection to the backyard, and Smithfield Anytime Favorites will help you take the ham you savor to the places you love. From diced ham that'll turn any picnic into an outdoor feast, to hickory smoked boneless ham steaks that are the perfect cap to any hike. The great outdoors just got greater with Smithfield. For the love of meat. All right, we're live, and you're driving, coming back yeah. from class. Yeah, just heading home. Uh, if anybody's offended by my road driving, in about <laughs> 10, minutes, 10 or 15 minutes, I'll be home. So, <laughs> you've been hit. We were talking just before. You've been hitting uh, quite a bit lately, as far as classes and, and volume and training and classes and stuff. And you're feeling pretty good. Yeah, uh, I, I just think like it, it's proof positive that hard work comes in different forms, you know, because yeah. like I've, I've talked about on here when I started jujitsu a few years ago, um, it, it was just like powerlifting, you know, and I, I've developed a, a very high level mindset for sport and I've done that my whole life. So going into it, I was like, man, I've just got to go as hard as I can all the time, you know, and that yep. is absolutely the, it's like, you know, jujitsu is a physical game, but it's such a delicate, intricate game that you miss a lot when you're going fast. Mm. And this time, this time around, especially the last five or six months after hunting season, um, I just really wanted to dedicate to getting better. And, you know, through, like I talked about too, through a lot of the chaos of the world and just so much noise and things that I can't touch fix. Why am I worrying about them or stressing about them or thinking about them? So that my, my tell is if you look at my Instagram and you see that, okay, he's training, he's going to jujitsu time or two a day, yeah. he's dialed his diet in like the only thing that I can actually impact and control is this. So like my archery is improved because I focus there. My jujitsu is improving because I'm focused there, but yeah, it's, it's just been really nice to actually start to feel like, okay, that the, the dam has come down a little bit, you know, yeah. and again, the dam's being built just as quickly as it comes down or quicker, you know, cause I was talking to Adam, one of my coaches today, and it's like, as soon as you get to a level of competency and you start feeling comfortable in those guys are going to figure that out and then you've got to get better. And you're kind yep. of in the same place again. You know, you're just, yep. you're always chasing improvement. And then once you show a guy what you've got, he's chasing how to beat you, you know? So it's, 
it's a cool, it's a cool sport for so many reasons, but I'm just a person that I need a perpetual chase, you know, yeah, for, for sure, for, for something, you know, from a, from a training aspect, I really enjoy that. And it's, it's paying off right now, big time. I feel really good. How often are you shooting? Are you shooting a bunch right now? Yeah, not as often as I was. And that was partly because I kind of posted about it uh, this morning. I was getting some new strings for my bow and I was also going to change my setup just a little bit. Uh, I wanted a little heavier arrow, not by much, by about 25 mm. grain, by about 25 grains. Yeah. And, um, and what that does for a trad bow is that gives you a little bit of accuracy uh, improvement because it, it weights the front of the arrow a little different, kind of going back to that. You don't want to throw a, a rock. Oh, lost him. He'll come back. If you're watching live, we do have a pretty fun little announcement today. And I'm also trying to not do anything uh, fancy here with the sunglasses inside. I just have a horrible bout of allergies for like two weeks every at the beginning, every summer. And it looks like my eyes are like swollen shut. I didn't figure that would be too appealing on, uh, on the live video. So, uh, that's what the reason for the sunglasses inside is. I wasn't trying to be, I wasn't trying to be lame or, or cool, I guess, or anything, but that's what's going on. So we'll, we'll chill here for a minute, wait for Brandon to come back. Because like I said, we do have a pretty fun, pretty fun announcement today that we've been working on for, I would say kind of inadvertently since we started this whole thing several months back, but really it's kind of taken its shape in the last month or so. So as soon as he hops back on, we'll go, we'll go full there. All right, we're back. Technical difficulties show. Technical difficulties and the sun. So solar difficulty yeah. also. <laughs> uh, yeah. You were talking a little bit about, about shooting and, and new strings and stuff. Yeah, just basically the idea that, uh, you know, whenever you make a change to a traditional bow, it's a little bit of a, an intimidating factor because so much of it is instinctive and by feel. So yeah. I, I, di I didn't want to further ingrain the shooting of the weight and the draw of the arrow that I had been previously shooting when I was only going to make it heavier. So yeah. now that I got, my, now that I got the strings on, now that I got the arrows built, um, you know, I'll be shooting a lot more. And, and the real reason of that was I was just going to, if I got a chance to shoot a Turkey, which didn't come this year for, I don't know why, but a uh, few things fell through, but nevertheless, you know, 10, 12 yards, I could walk out there any day and nail it. So it wasn't like, yeah. I was taking it for granted. I just wasn't shooting the volume that I was as if it was going to be for deer season or, yep. or something, something else like that. So what about you, man? Are you shooting any, are you, uh, how's your jujitsu going? Uh, jujitsu is going pretty well. Uh, I haven't shot as much in the last few weeks. Um, maybe about the last month as I would have liked, but I'm right about time where I'm going to, I was actually getting it all reset up again, uh, the other day as well. So I'm kind of just itching to want to do it just for, getting back into it, you know, just to start yeah. having that time again. Cause you know, more than anything, I just really enjoyed having that, even if it was 15 or 20 minutes. I mean, you and I have talked about a bunch of times, especially with the recurve, like you don't need a ton of time, but 15 minutes or so is about as intense of a singular focus 
on something as I have in a day when I'm shooting regularly. And jujitsu is a lot like that too, for a different reason, yeah. but having that where literally everything in my head kind of just shuts off and, uh, I can just focus on a singular thing at, at, at hand. It's something I haven't really had in a, in a few weeks. So I was setting it all back up the other day and, and I'll get everything. Cause part of it too, is I had all that stuff packed up. We were, uh, we've talked before, but we were thinking we were going to be moving sooner than we are kind of a thing. Yeah. So I had a lot of stuff like loaded up. And so my targets and a lot of my extra accessories and stuff. So I'm getting it all back out and I'm like, ah, we'll be here for a little while. So I'm going to just get all my stuff set up again. But, um, yeah, jujitsu is going well. We got about eight weeks until that little over eight weeks until that competition at the end of July, which is a grappling industries one, uh, that I'm shooting for, <clears throat> um, weight cuts going pretty solid right now. Uh, probably have to crank it up a little bit towards the end. Cause I'm my, my, my goal is, or my thought is, um, if I can be at like 89 or 90 with a week yeah. out, I can kind of just water cut my way to that and, and still be, still be good that last week. Um, yeah, it's 88, so, right? For that one, 88 85, kilos. 85, 85. Okay. but, yeah. but with, uh, with a gi on. So, yeah. um, and then I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to do no gi, but, uh, I haven't officially signed up for that one yet, but, um, so in reality about 83 and a half ish, you know, if I'm wearing the gi or 84 with the gi, but, uh, yeah. if I, you know, I'm, I'm still going at a good pace and dropping weight fairly consistently. So, uh, as long as I'm on this pace, I don't feel like I need to start cranking things up yet. But the plan is, you know, with a couple weeks out to really start hammering it a little bit and I'll start working in some more, uh, hopefully be able to hit a couple of double days. Cause when the summertime, when Molly and the kids aren't at school, I have a lot, obviously different schedule when, when they're around and stuff. And so I'd be able to hit a couple of days a week where I can even do double days. So, yeah. um, that'll be, that'll be fun to kind of get more into that as we kind of enter quote unquote, like fight camp mode. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you guys have a specific like class, uh, camp, you know, it's dedicated to where everyone's doing the competition rounds or competition prep. We have a, a Friday, our Friday evening class every week is our comp class and it alternates every week between gi and no gi. So, uh, we'll have focus on, on actual playing the game of jujitsu yeah. and, and learning, you know, kind of setting up yourself and learning your style and kind of making a game plan for, for when matches are. So that's our Friday evening class. And that's really, that's the only comp class we do, but the, the people that go to that are, are killers. So it usually, you know, it says it's on, on the schedule. It says it's like an hour 15 or whatever, but it, it oftentimes gets pushed out to like two hours, just as long as people are still rolling and, and getting after it. Yeah. That's sort of how our Tuesday, Thursday morning classes go is um we have a lot of guys that you know they work uh i won't say the companies they work for but they just work for well-known companies and they uh they work second or third shift i think and they come in on first or they come in the morning classes and they don't always have a chance to make open mats so those that after class roll session for 30 or 45 minutes twice a week it's just really really beneficial of like man you know, I can drill for 30 more minutes or I can do reps yep. for 30 more minutes or I can yep. find a guy that I know pushes me and see if these things work at full speed. It's just, it's a really good thing uh, for me too. Cause it's like, you know, I'm always on the go and yep. I, I like rolling there and I like rolling with those guys. So it's, it's just added benefit for me. Yeah. Same thing. Uh, same thing that I've noticed lately too. And, and the big part of it is also the, the training partners, 
like how big of a difference that makes when you're yeah. trying to, you know, it's different when you're just rolling in an open mat and you don't really know, you know, there's a lot of people that come in from other schools and you're just kind of rolling and you're like, Oh, this is a new guy. This is fun. They don't know me, but at the same time, how much that helps when you're training, especially for competition prep, like having solid training partners who actually know what you do and how you do it. And you you're pushing each other in that way. It's the same thing with everything. Having good teammates matters a ton, but I've noticed that in, in jujitsu that from even a, maybe a, even a different angle than in other sports, like, cause you're, you know, you're fighting. So it's like, yeah. you can't just get away with stuff. If you roll with somebody every day or every other day, cause it's like, it's not going to work. I know exactly what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like, you just have to be really careful. And this was something that was true of me. Um, I just have to be really careful that, you know, when I started out, I was all power, all power, all power, no technique. Um, yeah. kind of a, kind of a survival mode. Yep. And, um, you know, I started developing some bad habits against guys that were smaller than me, or, you know, I could, I could definitely overpower guys in certain situations. And it was yeah. like, you start relying on that strength and then you go with a guy that's like a lot closer or comparable to your strength or he's 30 pounds heavier, you know, it, it all goes out the window and it's like, yeah. holy shit, here I am. What do I do? So for me, yeah. it was just, it's been so good to have those, some of the smaller guys like Adams, our black belt, you know, he's, I think 175, 180, you know, on a, on a high day. Mm -hmm. And it's like, he's so technically proficient and his frames are so good. He feels way heavier than he is, but like, yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna get any bullshit off on that guy. Even if I do try to yep. use power, you know, and that's Seriously. true of all of our guys. We just have some really like, I just call them like smooth or, or silky type rollers. People that just, they flow really, really well, mm -hmm. but they help you the whole time. I mean, that's, that's yeah. what I'm loving about it you know? Yeah, for sure. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Well, um, we have, uh, we were going to do a little break down some stuff that we're, that we're working on and going to start doing soon, sort of at a tease slash announcement. So, um, I'll just turn it over to you. Why don't you just take it, take it away with what your ideas were and how they kind of came to be and what our plan is moving forward with stuff. Yeah. Well, so obviously when I started peace, love and meat, um, I had done so within, in the mindset of Casey, uh, Casey Bard, good friend, Tech the Calories, Brandon Langlois, one of my former clients' friend. And the idea was just to show three different guys in various stages of their life in honest, positive pursuits of just living a little better or the best they could, you know. And throughout the course of that, it, it became very clear to me that I was, uh, you know, putting my emphasis there. Um, obviously in case he had tech calories to run and Brandon had mentioned to me a time or two that he just felt like he was overstepping if he posted or anything like that. So it wasn't as, as fluid as maybe I thought it would have gone. And that's, it's not like a finger pointing thing. It just, some things sound better than they actually become. And that's sort of what it was. And then, you know, when I got to working with Terrence a lot and talking about his stuff, we had kind of formulated some ideas four piece love and meat and Mitchell strength. And you and I hit it off in a, in a similar, but different fashion than Terrence and I. And obviously this, I didn't come to you like day one, like, Hey man, let's do this. Like it just kind of grew over the fact that the podcast started going really well. I am always searching for ways to help and create and give back something. Basically just if, if my life and my struggles and my, my good times and all that stuff can be shared in a way that's like, 
not self-loathing and not self-grandizing. Like if I can just tell what I'm doing and show how to, how to do the things that I do and help people, that was really all I wanted to do with Peace, Love and Meat. I wanted it to be a, a place of positive thought, positive action, and like a positive life. And uh, through mm-hmm. through cooking and through archery and through hunting and lifting weights and jiu-jitsu, like I just wanted it to be an extension of that. Well, fast forward to you and I doing the podcast and so many of our interests overlap. And I told you today, like some of the things that your strong points are as, as far as from the, the technology side, if you say, hey, hey, man, you need to do this for the podcast or you need to do this for Peace, Love and Meat, I'm very, yeah. very inclined and good with that stuff. I'm just not out here constantly seeking to understand new technology all the time. And totally. you're very good at yeah. that. And then you're also, you have like, just from your own podcast, 200 episodes, you have a, a formula and a format and a rhyme to the reason that, you know, I don't have. So it's been very, very beneficial from just a, a friendship level to like, then say, yeah, well, this isn't really a business thing. This is like, yeah, there, there, there will be some options there for, for some growth and like, We'll probably do some T-shirts or some things like that over the over the course of time, but it, that's not the focus. The focus is like to really help people to share positive information, good information, yeah. um, sourced information. Um, you know, I, I think of several pl- pages or guys that I can point to that are doing it very well, but I also think you know there are things that I see that I could offer, you could offer, not necessarily that are radicalized, but they're just a different approach, like. Again, sure. not not trying to oversell you on something, and not trying to tell you that what we're doing is the best thing in the world. And if you're a you're a bitch if you don't do it, like it's not the that's not the thing. It's just like this is good info. Use it if you want it. If you don't, no problem. Here's a journal entry every once in a while. Probably look at giving some workout programs for the week. What I would like to do, and we're just spitballing here. So if people yeah, a lot of this is it, still a lot of this is still like we're formulating it daily essentially yeah. between just figuring out how we want to, how we want to actually pursue utilizing the brand of that. Because that was, you know, if, if I can't for a second, like that was one of the things that's, that was cool. And you've talked about the distinction between the people that follow the peace, love and meat page versus the people that came from a long time of following, following you, right. You know, the, the hundred plus or whatever thousand that are on, on your Instagram or, like a lot of it is from the old powerlifting days. And you've yeah. even said like, that's, it, it's almost two completely. I mean, there's a lot of crossover, but it's kind of two completely different worlds. And yeah. so what is cool is with the peace, love and meat thing. What I love from the beginning was the engagement in it was conducive to building a lot stronger of like a community around yeah. it because of that fact, like we're talking, there's much more, in common with, you know, people, people want to learn how to cook better. They want to train better. They want to do, you know, maybe they want to get into martial arts. Maybe they want to get into archery or hunting, all this stuff that might seem from a different perspective than like, I'm following this guy because he's a, a world level, top of the world level power lifter. And there's some disconnect there between me and him, right? Like yeah. there's, there's that there. But then like when we're talking about, well, look, we're just trying to train hard eat good, learn how to do all these things and just live a little bit better. Like you said, everybody's like, yeah, I can get down with that. I'm right there with you. So it, it yeah. lends itself to a stronger, a stronger presence of community, I think, which is something that we're hoping to really like lean into a bit with that and, and be able to do some more things in the community realm of that. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, is it's like, 
you know, I've, I've never just wanted to, and I've, I've actually gotten some messages, um, somewhat, I don't want to say applauding it, but recognizing, you know, I, I don't have any problem with merchandise whatsoever, but I very, very hesitantly did not want to become a merchandise company that yep. was throttled Same. by, you know, the, the idea that, oh, I'm doing this stuff but the real agenda is to sell more t-shirts. That's right. not really been my agenda. My agenda has always been like, man, I would like to release a t-shirt that was one I would actually wear. That's, you know, that's the first requirement because over time, you know, there's been companies show me shirts or be like, Hey, can we do a collaboration or whatever? And it's like, I never wear this thing. Yeah. Never, ever. And, um, I just don't want to, I just don't want to put a shirt out there cause I know people would buy it. I want to put a shirt out there that I think people would wear. Yep. So that's one, that's one requirement I want to use. Um, I want it to be functional. Like I told you, they could wear it to the gym. They could wear it to the bar. They could wear it around the house. Like, I know that sounds too deep to not even really have a, a sense of what it is. I just don't think that for me, I'm a volume guy. Yeah. I, w I would rather figure out a way to do, Hey, I've got 40 or 50 shirts in this style. And once they're gone, they're gone forever. And they're just retired. And like, I have a friend who's running a, a business that way and he's very like his face is not known. He's yeah. crushing, he's crushing it though because he's done the right thing and uh, he's done it his way. And he's actually influenced me a lot to do, to do some of this stuff. And then, you know, I think for me, the number one driving thing to get community would be to start sharing the journal entries again. Yep. And, and, and in that front, what I thought about, and I'd like your opinion on it too, mm -hmm. is Maybe we have a deeper, uh, a deeper question for the week that's broken down into bullet points by the day. You know, like we're we're gonna tackle yeah. some real yeah. we're gonna tackle some real questions here that if you say you can't answer them one, you're probably full of shit. You know, just because they're 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 questions that anyone can answer. Like, how do you feel about the state of your life right now? Well, good yeah. is not is not fulfilling enough of an answer. Like, right. you know, you dig a little deeper in here. Actually, try to get as much from this as you can. But I think something like that, where it's a, this is a week long idea with subsequent daily bullet mm -hmm. points to, to kind of jog your day for. Yeah. I think the same, the same thing, as far as a workout week, I think we could post, you know, three or four days of workout uh, on a Monday and throughout the week, you and I could alternate or we could do it together or whatever, mm -hmm. but specify some of the intention of the workout specify like, yeah, some of the ideas of why we're doing things in that order, just give a little bit of an explanation. But again, you know, it's just information and it's just things that are like, these aren't just off the cuff ideas that I'm throwing down. I mean, I don't think you're that kind of person either, but like my beliefs, whether it's for my life as a man, for my training as an athlete, for whatever spectrum, like my, my opinions and beliefs are pretty hard earned these days. Yeah. So like, I'm not, I'm no better than anyone else, but I think they have value for some people who might be somewhere that I've been or somewhere that, you know, I'm somewhere now that they want to be. I think that we can all learn and give back for each other. And when it was at its best, that's what peace, peace love and meat was doing. The exchange was just so good from the people that were doing the work. And, um, that's what I want to bring back. And I think that, you know, through the Instagram, that's one way I think, you know, we've talked about looking into a Patreon to where mm -hmm. on that front, you know, I, at first I was like, I don't know. I don't know about this. But then you said there's ways somebody say entry level $5 a month. Yeah. Well, 
you know, a few months in, you get something the equivalent of your membership, you know, yeah. whether that's a, a t-shirt or a coffee mug or whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm just making things up, but I would want to incentivize people to feel the worth of what we're doing For sure. beyond, beyond Instagram. So as far as ideas and, and whatnot, those are still up in the air outside of the few that I had. But I think that overall community, honesty, um, positivity, sharing just valuable information and like just getting an exchange, you know, if somebody has a recipe, that was the cool thing too. Like if I'd share, Hey, I did a pork loin, somebody would be like, Oh, check this pork loin recipe out. And that's actually how Terrence and I kind of deepened our, our friendship was that we were always back and forth with stuff like that, you know, yeah. but, but, but on your end of things, like obviously you've got a good thing going, you've got your stuff rolling, you know, what is the, what is the gain for you? What is the feel from you on this? You know? No, it's a good question. Cause what, one thing that I, and it's not to say that, oh, hold on, let me back up. It's not to say that having them be different things is, is good or bad, but I want to appreciate that there are different things as a focus from what peace, love and meat is to like what my stuff is. For sure. You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's, there's, there's lots of carryover. There's lots of bleed in of similar things you know, similar topics and similar outputs of things, but I, I do still treat it as because I, because I do view it as a different thing and in a good way, just because it's different. And, yeah. and like I said, there's, there's an opportunity for a different type of community because like, you know, we've talked about before and I've talked about a, a million and a half times, like my stuff with my coaching groups, with, with the men that I coach, that's, that's one thing like, and, and I have my systems, I have my ways that we do it over here and this is a different thing altogether. And so the way that I, the reason that I like that is one, there's, I, I like the challenge of new things. Mm -hmm. Right. And then also the big part of it was that last, you know, the last few years of you and I being friends and then even more so the last, you know, six, six to eight months since we've really been, you know, talking a lot and doing this show and really spending a lot of time with each other, I've been seeing that there's an opportunity for us to explore some stuff that's you and I working out stuff together. And mm -hmm. I think through a lot of the conversations that we've had, even offline and just texting or just when we're on the phone chatting with, with each other, like you and I have a way of communicating with each other that we can work stuff out like as we're talking to each other about it and kind of explore yeah. ideas and be like, oh, that would be cool. Why don't we, why don't we do something like this? And it's like, yeah, let's give it a try. And, and we, we hold each other to those kind of things, which is why it's, I like having that differentiation over on the peace, love and meat side. And then also too, because I just love the page from the conception of it. Like yeah. that was uh, something that I always loved was a, a great idea and as a, as a theory and a theme, right? Yeah. Like, and the tagline that, that is under the main podcast with better training, better eating, better living, like, yeah, that's killer, right? Like I, that's what hooked me right off the bat. I'm like, yes, that's exactly the kind of thing I want. And so I think that you and I kind of being in this very similar realm where we share so much together, but we still approach things a little bit differently. You know, yeah. it's the same, it, like, you know, it's the same sort of outlook that I, that I imagine that you and Terrence had, like you were so involved with stuff together, looking at it one way, but Terrence is also looking at it from the other side, from his perspective. And there's like these, and that's where really cool stuff can happen in my yeah. opinion. And so well, and I, that's, yeah, that's one of, I think that's one of our strengths too, is that, you know, obviously 
I, I, I look up to you and respect you as a man for the way that you've lived your life. Um, and that, that is a different kind of approach to life than I took. So yeah. even, even though that now looking back at my life and being, and I, it's funny cause I used to like carry a lot of guilt or I guess like hidden shame about things that I'd done or mistakes that I'd made or people that I'd hurt, whatever. But you know, I think with grace over the years, I've started to realize that a lot of that was situational. A lot of that was, was um, inexperience in life, you know, to, to not know better uh, or to kind of be overzealous in some ways and to, to think about myself first. So I think, you know, even though you might have had a more direct path to that lineage, I think that there's a value in being able to look back on my own life and, and say, man, I sure as hell, if you ask me when I was 15 years old, that I think I'd be doing some of these things that I think that I'd be in some of these situations. Absolutely not. So I think I'm a, you know, I think I'm a, a person who can empathize mm -hmm. with a lot of people's situations now, yeah. but the goal, but the goal for me is let's not keep you in these same feelings, this same mode that you're in now. How yeah. can we get you out? Because if, if I got out of my shit somehow, um, anybody can get out of it. So how can, how can we help you get the tools? Cause it's like, it's not going to be coaching where it's like, I'm telling you, Hey, do these steps, do yeah. these things. It's going to be more concepts and process. You know, like these are the things to look at. It's not get up yep. at four 30. It's not go to bed at 7 PM. It's like go to bed at a reasonable time relative to what, what are you doing the last two hours of your day? Okay. If you're still doing laundry and putting, you know, dishes away or whatever, that's one thing. But if you're sitting there jerking off, watching Netflix for two hours, well, that's probably not the best way to utilize your time. For sure. Are you, you know, so those kind yeah. of things, like, like, let's just ask questions of ourselves. And that's the coolest thing about journaling is if you're willing to get honest, you will, you have all the answers to your own questions. Like, yep. how did I get here? Well, if you're, if you get honest enough, if you look hard enough and you start peeling back layers, the answers are all there. Like nobody can answer those questions for you, but you. And I think that's one of the things is people think journaling has to be this like grandiose uh, expression of, of what a wordsmith is. No, it's like you stupid fuck. Why did you do this over and over and over? And then you start looking, okay, well, I didn't know better the first time. Well, the second time, whatever it is, like yeah. you just start breaking your life down mm -hmm. and soon enough you start to understand yourself and then you can catch yourself before you make those mistakes again. So for me, from a training standpoint, from a life standpoint, from a self-recognition and understanding, uh, self-understanding point, uh, that is, that is what I'm trying to help people do is figure out their process, figure out the, their way out of where they're at now, which obviously has them frustrated. And I think the, one of the key, one of the key points that you made was obviously like we both coach. Yeah. You know, and, but this necessarily isn't that right. right. Like it, it will share as like, I think kind of the, the overall goal or the overall theme for me anyways, is like, I, I think we just want to completely over deliver on stuff. Yeah. And then maybe what is people assuming like would be on a, on a free Instagram or whatever. Right. Like, cause it's not about that for what we're trying to do. We just right. want to like share all the stuff as we're going through it together, because like even right now where you and I are a little bit hammered back more into jujitsu training right now, the, the, a lot of the stuff that we're doing is going to reflect that. And then yeah. in five months or four months when it's, when it's fall and we're up in the mountains, 
things are going to reflect that. So it's like, how do we go through these different phase transitions throughout the year with our training, with our eating? And it's more like we're sharing it with each other yeah, for, for kind of the accountability standpoint, but also noticing that other people find value in just seeing what other people are doing. And so it's yeah. not like we're, we're being hired to be like, this is, here's your macro split for the day. Here's your training program. Like we'll throw workouts up as, as much as we want. Like we could, right. even if we do it every day, like follow them, doesn't matter. There's no shortage of free workouts on the internet anyways. So it's not like, right. it's not like the workout itself is what the thing is. It's just, right. it's just our expression of what we're doing right now and how it's applying to what the two of us are working towards, you know, for whatever period of time this is. And they'd be like, Hey, this might be helpful because if somebody else is also eight weeks out from a jujitsu comp and they've never competed before, or it's like their second one ever, here's some ideas, like yeah. try them out, you know? Yeah. Well, and the other thing too, the, the, the genesis of the page, um, really stemmed from this. I, I talked to a lot of people over my, over my life of coaching over the last 15, 18 years of competing. And the, the number one thing that I hear from people that aren't pursuant of a better life is they're like, I don't know what to do. Yep. Like, I don't know what to do. So for me, I was like, well, what can I answer at least on a front to, to give them some direction? Okay. I don't know what to work out. Okay. Here's a workout. I don't know what to read. Okay, here's a book that I'm currently reading or a book that I read last month that was fantastic. I don't know what, what new music to listen to, like share new music. I don't know how to cook. Okay, here's some recipes. Yep. Those things, all of those things are going to enrich your life. And, you know, I'm not even trying to sound like a sales pitch. I'm talking like from my own life. Yep. Cooking in a way that is enjoyable for me, that is high quality, that tastes you know, I can buy, go to the store and buy a $25 steak and make it taste like a $70 steak at a steakhouse. Like it's economical to be self-sufficient. It's yeah. economical to, to have a little oomph about you and get things done. And like I said, if you're looking to improve your life, you've got to improve your mind. If you can improve your mind, you can improve your body. If you can improve your body, you can improve your mind. All of it is like, it's a concentric circle. And yeah. once you start to develop that flow, that process, that system, you really do, it, it bleeds out into everything else. And that's why I've talked about it before. When my life, when I can't make sense of things uh, going on around me or, I, you know, I'm under a lot of stress or pressure from work situations or this or that, I definitely go back to the organism. I go back yep. to myself because it's like, if I can make my mind sharper, my body better, uh, my sleep better, my nutrition better, something else outside of this body has to get better. Yep. If, the org if the organism is better, the environment is going to benefit from that, you know? So that's what I'm, I'm always trying to think in that mindset. And in a, in a, in a, in a practical sense, or maybe like an applicable sense here, because we've talked a lot about our ideas, theoretically, kind of like what yeah. our plan is for a lot of this. So just to, to loop it around to like, what is this actually going to look like? And how is this changing sort of what things are for people that are consuming this stuff. Right. So yeah. the, the Instagram is going to be like the, the main outlet for right. now, as far as sharing, sharing all this stuff, just because that's where it exists currently. And, uh, so we're, we're both going to be active in there and, and, and we'll figure out, you know, a template and kind of a schedule for how we're going to share stuff and what the, the most efficient and economical way is to do that. Um, but that's where, that's where the stuff is going to live. Um, 
for the most part. And then on, on the podcast front, um, this is going to be the, the stuff that you and I do will be moving from my feed back into the peace, love and meat feed. And I'm going to, you know, we're going to kind of reorganize some of the, yeah. the older episodes and stuff and make sure we know where everything is and upload it. And all this, all the old stuff will still exist there. Uh, it's going to be reorganized, yeah. but everything for this show moving forward is going to be over on the peace, love and meat feed. And then, uh, and then kind of, on, on a third pillar, I guess we, you know, you, you briefly mentioned it and we have no, we have no start date for this at all, but we had talked about um, getting a Patreon going just as a way to offer even more content and, and value for, for what it is that we like to yeah. do. I mean, cause that's, you know, I, at least speaking for myself, that's just what I like to do is share this stuff. And we, and the, the Patreon thing is a really cool platform and opportunity to, get even deeper into a community thing. And then also because there's the, you know, there is a financial component to it for you guys supporting what we're doing with your dollars. Like that means a lot. And so we want to make sure if that's something that when we start that, we want to give you something that is like more value, even like yeah. just crazy amounts. Like, you know, if it's a burrito a month worth yeah. of, of well, money, you know what I mean? Like we want to make sure it feels like you should be at a Ruth like, Chris for that same amount. You know what I mean? Gildan shirt, you know, like I actually would like, I would actually like yeah. to get a shirt that, you know, I mean, most of our audience is going to be probably late 20 somethings, mm -hmm. middle 30 somethings, early 40s and maybe early 50s or that, you know, that, that late 20 to 50 range is probably going to be the brunt. I don't see a 50 year old guy spending you know, yep. money that you see for people spend yep. on t-shirts for a piece of shit shirt. I wouldn't. And that's, and, and listen, like I'm being very honest. Um, there are just companies that I work with right. and have been associated right. with over the years that if, uh, you know, I've been a contra contracted athlete or supported athlete. And I'm telling you like the shirts they send me, I just won't wear them. They're fucking stupid. Um, and I don't like wearing stuff at all that I absolutely hate. So there will, there will yep. be some consideration yep. here. I've got a lot of tattoo artist friends. You've got a lot of creative friends. Um, you're obviously doing some really cool stuff with the, the art media. So it's like, there's going to be some cool shit coming out of this. It's just, it's just a matter of organizing it. And really what I would like to do is have, uh, I don't know if seasons yep. is the right word, sure. but themes, you know, and maybe, maybe carry a mantra or a theme for half the year or like even if we're going into a fight camp yeah like we release a, a specific a specific shirt design just around that um you know that mindset that mantra for that so i could see a lot of options here but it's like i said it's going to be fun yeah um, anything that we do i promise will be you know not to sound like everybody else but it'll it'll be with consideration to the value of a dollar that is always going of, of a dollar that is always going down and the need of a dollar always going up um, I certainly yeah. have no desire to take someone's food money. You yeah. know, I, I would rather speak to people who are thinking, man, I can spare five or $10 a month for, you know, some really good information totally. to support this project and this, this movement. And, uh, that's, that's where I want to be. I want to be people, I want to get people that believe in it and can support it. I don't want to, mm -hmm. you know, emote sale to 20 somethings that have $25 in their bank account. And they're like, Oh my God, I got to have that shirt. No, I don't want that at all. I want people that are kicking totally. ass and then believe in this thing, you know? Yeah. And I think, uh, as far as that's concerned too, I think the, the trap, a lot of people that start 
the membership yeah. things go is when they start that now all of a sudden all the good stuff is behind a paywall right and that's not that's not going to be the case like we're gonna we will literally post well, everything that we would post behind a paywall but but the but the stuff that's going to be there is just even more like it's it's not going to be like we're withholding anything from anybody yeah. on the instagram or the podcast or anything it's all going to be a hundred percent what we would give away anyways but we just want to have for the people that really want to be involved in some deeper well, stuff even, and, even and provide some, maybe some cool opportunities yeah, and like even some said, hunts, shirts or maybe um, some other things with there's, content there's, um, there's just as more more so just as like a thank you available it, it's a it's a service to the to the properties yeah, and we talked farmers. about that um, the wild pigs are just devastating so that's always an option uh, that would be a patreon only type thing where yeah hey, hey you know we got however many members we're just gonna you know anybody of these members that that would like yep, to hunt sure. wants to hunt um i'm looking at some avenues to get free product for people that have never hunted before you know maybe that's a you know maybe that's a borrowed rifle for a hunt or maybe that's a new bow that you know we build for them or whatever yep. but there's there's a lot of options there's a lot of companies that are already like like first form i got to say something about them mm -hmm. they're sending you some stuff um they've yep. sent me they've, they've kept me going over the years um just just out of nowhere like they're like we love what you do here's a box thanks if you use it great you don't have to talk about it and like for a company to do that and never ever ever never asked me for anything um and they've just been truly supportive i know alan i mean sal and yeah. andy personally i know drew over there in the marketing yeah. and, and business development team like they're real people they're good people the, the products are freaking top notch um and and honestly through this last four or five months that has been the bulletproof vest to my diet. You know, the first form stuff, it's filled in all the holes. Um, I make protein pudding constantly with their protein. I make protein pancakes with their protein. Um, so it's, it's those guys, you know, and then like even Buona Bows, you know, that, that company coming yeah. and Mark coming on here and talking to us and, you know, there's a, that's two yep. examples that, that are very direct to us right now, but yep there's so many other little companies around and that's that's the other thing too is i'm not trying to highlight ourselves with these uh audacious collaborations like i would rather find a kick-ass dude with 100 followers that is a absolutely crushing shit and some somehow figure out a way to offer some of his services or products yeah. to the patreon community and then and yep. then give them love on the homepage. but um what i was thinking of maybe as a quick example for sure would be you know would be okay here's a here's a photo of a of a steak the next is a one minute reel of kind yeah. of like here's the process of it with no detail but the patreon would be a step-by-step -step process of of how to you know full breakdown of when you take the meat out of the fridge how long you let it rest yep. how you what time you season it full the way that down. i do it you know and um, yeah. I, I think that's just a very small example, but that could even go further into, into training. You know, it's like, yeah. here's how I do this particular exercise that you're going to see in the, yep. this next week's program or something like that. I mean, en endless options. Yep, for sure. And that's kind of the cool thing too, is like, we're talking all this it's stuff a good business model. basically as we're <laughs> thinking it on this live podcast, but yeah, that. It's, it's a really, it's like we're having the production meetings on air instead of, instead of before we actually hit record, which yeah. whatever it doesn't, I would like prefer you guys to hear all this as we're thinking anyways, that way, you know, where our heads are with all this stuff. And what the cool thing is about all this is, you know, in the last couple of months, since we really started 
working towards this idea as a thing and sort of revitalizing and rejuvenating peace, love and meat as a brand and as a page and whatever that is, is there's no, there's no limit on what we have available to us to provide. Like we could literally do whatever we want with this thing. And that's, what's really fun is like, we can create a template and all this kind of things of things we'd like to do. And all of that could be totally different in like six months because we find this another way to do this, or we find another, uh, another seven ways that we want to pump out content or, or whatever it is to you guys. So whatever we're talking about right now, it's all literally just out loud brainstorming. Yeah. And well, all and the too, ideas it's like that we have in our head, that you and I are texting both kind back of and curious, forth and talking back and forth kind of for the last so month or so. Just as our natural interests evolve and change and shift, it's like that's one of the, the upsides that I got before was some of the music I shared, some of the off the wall books or authors or quotes. Um, I like when people go down rabbit holes on that stuff of their own. So it's like that stuff is just, it's cool to me. Like I said, I always like finding somebody that's got literally no following and helping shine a light on them somehow giving back to the the people that follow and support what what I do or you do or we do. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's the way the world worked best. You know, when people work together, um, built tribe, built community and for no other reason than to just help one another, you know, like you got to pay the butcher for the meat, but never ends that he's there to to fix it for you or help you get it, you know? And that's kind of what I would like to be is just somebody that no matter what we put out there, it's, it's productive and it's good for somebody, you know? And you, and you kind of just barely brought it up, but I haven't, I haven't told you this yet, but this is the idea that I had the other day that I'm, I'm we're going to do. I'm just telling you because it's oh, both sure. right in our wheelhouse, but there will be a, yeah. uh, a peace, love and meat Spotify playlist that you guys, that you guys can train to. Uh, I've got, I've got one that's, I send out to all my clients. That's my, my nomad strength so playlist 75 um, and drive or whatever. And I did the one yeah. dude. Yeah. It's so funny that that seventies. <laughs> yeah, dude, I created that playlist just like on a random, like Wednesday morning, because I was kind of listening to, I was listening to like head East and 38 special and stuff. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going to just put this place together. Cause I, this is like some of my favorite era of like, 70 to 75 rock is like some of my favorite ever. And I sent it to you and then you shared that day. And I go to look the other day and there's like 80 something uh, people that follow that. playlist, And I'm like, all right, let's go. And and those guys and God, I was seeing them all the time. And then, uh, Manchester music hall in the borough here in Lexington was just on a tear with some really great up and coming musicians and West Virginia, you know, there's a really great playlist called East, uh, Eastern Kentucky is saving country music. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's dude. And it's like 30 artists that I've never even heard of that are all within an hour or two. I hours think I've seen that one. They're just, I mean, they're, they're writing some incredible songs, but nevertheless, that was one of my like biggest, uh, appreciations was when I started sharing a lot of that music. Um, people were like, man, keep it coming. Cause like, there's no good music out there. And I'm actually, I'm curious to hear yep. you on this. Cause you listen to as much music as I do. Do you feel like Spotify has changed the algorithm some way and you're not seeing as much new music? And I'm not saying new music is in like just released, but like divergent music. Um, Because I think that what has happened to me is I go down terrible rabbit holes. So like Dope Lemon, Mm. um, 
August and June, like those, uh, those band, like I've been listening to some of that style of music and dude, every playlist I go on to now, it'll be like, Oh, here's nineties grunge. And it's like Nirvana, red hot chili peppers. And then it's the same 10, 10 songs from every playlist that I've ever listened to, you know? And that's getting frustrating for me because I, I yeah. love finding new songs. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, they're trying to do this thing. I noticed it the other day. They're trying to do this thing, like even on yeah, playlists that I've already yeah. created. Every two or third, every second or third song, they'll recommend a song to go in the playlist based off of what's on it, and you have to like literally click out of it or say yes or no to stuff like that. Right, and, and that's the problem. And like eighty percent of it is just like radio hits of that genre. You know, there's no like, there's no like deep cuts of anything that like I might not have heard of that would be cool to sneak its way onto a playlist. It's all just like if I had my my training play, like almost the exact example you just gave, like on my one of my training playlists, um, it was the I have like a bunch of early two thousands like metal and new metal stuff just because that's what I like to to train to every once in a while. And then out of nowhere, there would be like this third song and it was just like Jeremy by Pearl Jam, which is, a, I love that song, but it has, it doesn't fit there at all, but it's just like the radio hit that's relatively consistent with what the theme of the playlist is. So I don't know why I'm sure it's just, like you said, algorithm things or like newer algorithm things that they're trying to figure out. But it, it, it's been kind of annoying on the last few, I don't know, maybe like the last couple of weeks I've noticed on playlists that I've had, it'll just throw random, like, I don't know, just random, random songs that don't fit. Like you, they, they've got the AI thing that they're trying to push through all this to analyze playlists and everything. And you'd think by them saying, oh, this is what this playlist is made up of they'd be better at suggesting music to go along with the playlist, but that's, that's not the case. So, uh, Oh, it looks like we lost him again, probably overheat in the hot garage he was in. I'm going to pause this and we'll come right back. All right. We're live again. Second technology thing. Be damned. I mean, I guess I can't charge my phone. That's, that's <laughs> it's just wasn't actually technology. That was user error on that one. Well, I think it's uh, <laughs> I think it's these like cheap Chinese cords, man. Honestly, because um, dude, I picked up my phone. And it's like I'm in I'm in a shaded garage, and it was like it's overheating. And I mean, it was hot. It wasn't even just like yeah. oh, it's warm. It's like this hot. Yeah. So uh, I gave the example right after you cut off of the like the training playlist where it was like inputting just random things, and I had like these like pretty good rock playlist or like new metal or just kind of stuff. And then it would throw in like Jeremy by Pearl Jam. Yeah. And it was like, this is a good song, but is like, use your AI better. This does not fit with what we're doing. Like, give me something that I haven't heard a billion times before. For sure, man. That, like there's so much good music out there. Just as an example, that Eastern Kentucky playlist, like those artists are out there. Yeah. It's just, it's just, if, if that playlist in particular hadn't been made, none of them are getting on like, Tyler Childers radio. Totally. You know what I mean? And they deserve to be like those, those artists, some of them are really great. So it's, it's kind of frustrating to me. I wish there was a way that you could put in like, you know, feed me songs. I've never heard from this era genre. Yeah. Whatever. Give um, it a prompt. Like you would on, on like mid journey. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. Just, just write me a song I've never heard before. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you know, that's like that. Um, 
that that band I've been sharing with you the last couple of weeks, Tiger Cub. Dude, like, I've been jamming them a dude, lot. Dude, they're good. That I, t- yeah. I told you about when I looked them up on their tour schedule, right? Yeah, and they, they like, were right there. It was like the day that I had discovered this band. I look up on Instagram and their tour schedule's posted and they're in they're supposed to be in Boise that night, like in three hours. I'm like, no, no bleeping way. And yep. uh end up looking they ended up having to cancel the show because they're they're UK based and they had trouble getting over with visas or whatever. But I was like, well, that was that would have been pretty sick to be able to just like the day I discover a new band, like drive 20 minutes and go see them. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dude, that's the best. Like some of the so that's how I found they used to be called uh, Blackfoot Gypsies and now they're called DOG. Mm. But um, they were a band. I think Brandon Langwell actually went and saw them two or three times. Mm. Really weird, super talented, uh, trying kind of trippy, mushroomy yeah. kind of vibe. But a funny story about them one of their uh, guitar players or the guitar player, he had on a huge hat, like big feather. I mean, it was a it was a big dick daddy hat. Like he was he was the biz, and he he looked like Jimmy Page, you okay. know. So like that style of dress, very like he looked like he came right out of a '70s rock video. And I had on one of my big wide brim Gunner Fox hats, and I was like, dude, it's not very often I get outshined by by another man's <laughs> hat in a room. And he cut and he like he had his arms crossed, and he like looked over his shoulder, and he went at me, and he goes, oh. <laughs> and then like just look straight back forward. But later on in the night, he was super cool, and he was like, "I'm sorry, I was just really high." So like, that's cool, dude. Did I send you the? I can't remember if I sent you the picture. I went to the record store last night. Did I show you the find that I had last night? No. Check this out. I'll grab it. So the dude was at the record shop. Was like super pumped, and. uh he goes, this is a, a really early pressing. So that it's not a reissue. It's like one of the original pressings in the 70s. Oh, okay. Uh, and it's in, he said, it's probably the best condition I've seen of this record since then. Oh, shit. Marvin Gaye. Bro. What's going on? I was <laughs> freaking pumped. I've been just ripping it all morning long. Dude, that's such a, like, he was so talented and to think his father killed him. I mean, that's, it's insane. That's like a, the, it's such a sad story. Terrible story. Who I put him, you, uh, I put him maybe, I, I think I put him top three all time on singles. Yeah. Yeah. Like just from a voice standpoint yep. alone and like, yep. Uh, that uh, it's like a charisma, yep. you know, like, like Elvis had it, Yep. you know, like to captivate the way that they did. But I was going to ask you if you had a free, ticket mid 70s like mm, early 70s early 70s all right and i'm gonna give you two but i would also ask beyond that too um would you rather see aretha franklin or james brown in atlanta in the early 70s or if you had uh, a willy wonka style golden ticket to any show any band any venue give it to me to answer the first question i'd probably go james brown Okay. Same. Yeah. Just because of the theatrics of the show. You know what I mean? Just the the total package of the show. Like as a performer, I'd probably be more blown away by Aretha's singing ability. But like, if we're talking the, the, the complete aspect of the show, like, I don't know how you beat that with everything that he would do. I I saw a guy one time, it might've been a Rolling Stone. He was like, James Brown is what Napoleon would have been if he had rock and roll. (laughs) 
like the, the grandiosity and yes. like you know the over the topness but yeah that's it, good and i guess james brown is a is a small man i don't know yeah he wasn't Dude, very big some of his uh some of his clips from like cnn and that stuff yeah like he just got out of jail for beating his wife and now he's single and ready to mingle you know it's like, it's like, did you see the movie with chadwick that they did no. where Chadwick was him. They actually, I thought did a really, he did a really good job as him. Like he had, I mean, he kind of went deep into the, the character prep for that. I thought he did great in that one. I'll have to check it out. Is it new? Uh, no, recent? it's probably six or seven years old now. Okay. So are you like me before we go back to the other question? Are, we, yeah. are you like me in that? Do you watch a lot of new movies? Not really, man. I mean, like, I have, I haven't watched a new movie unless it's a documentary. Yeah. Well, I take that. But what was the night? Was it the, uh, was it 1914 or something? Was it one of those world war one movies? 1917. It's 1917. Yeah, yeah. I watched that one. Yep. Uh, when it, when it came to, uh, like Amazon or something, but dude, it's very far in between. Like my movie theater experience is even less. Yeah. Um, but just new movies in general, I probably am only. And and the other thing too is, uh, my wife and I, are polar opposites on what we like on movies and I'll watch whatever she wants to watch, but she will not watch some of the movies that I like to watch kind of a thing. So like if there's a movie that, Oh, so she's, so she's racist. (laughs) (laughs) Got it. Got it. (laughs) It's the, it's the violence thing. Like if there's any kind of like, she just doesn't, doesn't get down with any kind of, any kind of violent stuff, which I, I, I appreciate that about her to be honest, but yeah. like most of the time I, if it's a new movie, I'll watch it. If it's like a, if it's a director that I like, yeah, you know, like the, Christopher it, Nolan or something like that. I love Christopher Nolan. Um, I, you know, Tarantino's good, but like, I'm not, a, I'm not a big Tarantino like fanboy. Like everybody who likes Tarantino likes to say that they are, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I've seen I, most of his stuff yeah. two to three times. I mean, yeah. like, you know, when they came out and then again later, but like I'm not like yeah. wild over it, you know? And, and, and then theater stuff, man, I, I I mean, the only stuff I ever really like to go see in theaters anymore, the only stuff, well, I guess the only stuff I've seen in theaters in the last like six years has just been when I'd like to go see uh, one of the Marvel movies that comes out like on opening night. And yeah. like, like, that's it. I don't do much. Like the one I regret not seeing in theaters before it came out was I probably would have wanted to go see Maverick in theaters yeah. because that movie was great. And I heard it was even better in a theater, which would have been yeah. fun, but I didn't see that one. But okay. So let me think. So to answer the second question, we're talking anytime, drop it right in the middle of whoever's prime, go see them yep. live or at a certain show. I feel like Zeppelin would be an easy answer. So I'm going to try and think of something different. Cause that Ze- was the thing. That's like, that's the one, but that's the one, you the, know but that's, I mean? that's like, yeah, that's the give me that everybody right. is going to say. Um, I would probably say, cause I'd like there, there's a couple that I would have liked to have seen early, like before they were huge kind of situations. You know what I mean? Um, and I gave the example earlier. I probably would have loved to have seen some of this. Oh, I, okay. I'll tell you exact show because it was the same night that they played back to back. Allison Chains and Temple of the Dog played at the Moore Theater in in Seattle on the same night. And there's a tons of great concert footage from that show. Um, it's all black and white on the concert footage. So that's how you know if you're looking at the right concert because all of it's black and white footage. 
And it's the like it's one of the only like Temple of the Dog shows that yeah. was done because they only I mean they didn't really tour as them because that was right when Vetter got there and Pearl Jam was starting to get huge was right around that same time when he joined with them. So it's probably the best live I've ever seen Cornell in a video because that was right at his height of his powers essentially. Yeah. So that one would have been fun because that was like they were kind of big but they weren't like the worldwide front of a movement big yet. Yeah. And then there's probably like some really old man. Sinatra would have been pretty fun to see. It's funny. You say that. Did you hear him doing uh little John? <laughs> the AI thing. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yes. From the windows to the walls. <laughs> I was so dying. funny. Oh. Yeah. That would, that would he would have been, been cool. a good one. Um, Right, Michael Jackson would have been a cool one. Yeah. Like mid mid to late, like bad area, Michael Jack, bad era. Michael Jackson would have been a great concert. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what he, they had his, uh, his like 21st or 20, I'm sorry, 20th or 25th anniversary, uh, at Madison square garden. Yeah. On, on CBS that I watched, I remember watching it live. And th- looking back at it now, of course, like Elizabeth Taylor was in the audience and Macaulay Culkin was in the audience mm-hmm. and stuff. But dude, again, you have to kind of, you don't have to differentiate the artist from the man, but I think you have to different, differentiate the creation of the art from the accusations, yep. you know, like, cause that dude made some, like he changed music oh, and yeah. uh, that's undeniable. And like, whatever he was as a man, you know, the, the music, I, I mean, listen, I know there's places that don't play his stuff, but every time it comes on, it's like, I can't help but flash back to when I was a kid. You know, it's like, yeah, that sure. that was the part of the soundtrack of my youth. There, so there's like the, uh, you know, it's probably a little bit different now just because streaming is so accessible to so many other people that records and CDs weren't before. But in that era, you know, basically all up until streaming, there really was two maybe three artists where like you could go almost to like the deepest corner of the darkest jungle in the world and people would know the name Elvis and they know the name Michael Jackson. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? (laughs) Do we, I mean, do you think we have that level of artists anymore? Well, as much as I hate to say it, but just based off of streaming numbers, Taylor Swift is freaking giant. Like it's it's wild to me. It's wild. It just has to be yeah. the fact that she she sings to like five year old girls, yeah, but also like fifty year old women, yeah, you know? exactly. It's and it's like, a weird crossover demographic that covers a huge swath of people. <laughs> like, yeah, I I don't have T Swift hate. I just have T Swift indifference. Like, I think Jamie just went to a Jamie Shira just went to a T Swift concert like a week or so ago. Yeah, I think. <laughs> yeah, I've seen a I've seen like. I guess she's touring right now because some of the, the reels where I follow a lot of music, some of her reels from like recent concerts and shit pop up. Like, yeah. Why on earth are you showing me Taylor Swift concerts? So yeah. I don't give two fucks, yeah. but, um, I'll tell you what, I think for me again, Zepp- Zeppelin being an, an easy, obvious, uh, man, I don't know what era, but, Metallica Moscow would be only cool to have been there. I would yeah. have hated that many people. Um, but I think Metallica 
in the early nineties, like no leaf clover era. Oh. Cause you've still got the catalog of all the kick-ass stuff, but you're coming into that. Like that was the formative years. of when I started training a lot too, yep. you know, so those, those are like the, the training soundtracks. soundtracks. Yep. So I think Metallica, like in those years, I would still like to see Het for now, you know, like to see those guys now. Have you seen them like, at all? Some, yeah, I've seen them okay. before. And like some of the stuff that, that they're doing now with Hat, like, um, what's his name? Lee Jeffries, the photographer yeah. is touring with them right now. And he's doing a lot of the, the Papa line of Hatfield. Yeah. And, uh, dude, it's so, it's so cool. But the, the, they're, they're playing the, uh, what song is it that they're playing is the, well, I'm not even going to do it, but it's like an opera song, but it's him with his earpieces in smoking a cigar guitar around his waist. And like, you can see the crowd, like just chanting behind him. Yep. And, and he's getting ready to go on stage. I'll have to find that. Cause it's really, really cool. Cause he's gray headed. Yeah. You know, Old but Grandpa it's like, James. Yeah. And it's like, man, is that, is that still rock and roll or is it like that is fucking rock and roll? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause I don't feel that way about the stones. I don't feel that way about like, I, I think that what they're doing is a performance, but I don't consider it rock and roll. But for yeah. some reason I still consider Metallica, like they're still kind of pushing the envelope of who they are. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they got no music out. Yeah. And it's not, it's not my favorite. And this it's not, year, it's not th- bad either. This year is the 40th anniversary of their first album. Yeah. And I mean, what a, like what a slap in the face of all those people that were like against it, you know? Yeah. Like seriously. Yeah. But I don't know. That would, that would have been a cool one. That's a good one. Let me, let me think of another, um, geez. For as much music, I'll tell you, I'll just be honest with you, man. Um, some of the shows that I've seen Tyler at and Sturgill at, that Sturgill show, that I, I went to one, that that Sturgill show in DC when yep. it was like 175 people, and I'm four feet from Sturgill on stage. You know, like I I had that ticket. You know, I had yep. the golden ticket for what I would have wanted because, I mean, he was already Sound and Fury Sturgill mm-hmm. releasing. That was the second time he'd played it to the public and I got to hear it. So the first night was at the Roxy. Yeah. I think, yeah. man, there's so many, cause there's so many that are like dead. What about like, like Waylon or Waylon or Johnny Cash? Waylon or, I mean, Johnny would have been really fun, but then also like Jimmy would have been awesome. Yeah. You know, there's so, there's so many, like, I don't, I, and Steve, honestly, Stevie, Stevie, Stevie Ray at Austin city limits. Exactly. Like, How about 1992 Pantera? Like, dude. <laughs> you know I mean? so I got to, I, I got to, like I told you this, I got to see Anselmo a little bit, um, being around down. Yeah. But that was, that was from chasing around super joint ritual and weed eater. I got to be fr- become friends with Dixie Dave and Kiko from weed eater. Pretty like yep. I was supposed to go fishing on a charter boat with Kiko, but, um, Man, we had some crazy ass parties in Columbus after the show with Weed Eater. And once we went there, Dixie Dave, um, if you don't know who that is, he's a, he's probably like he's probably more technically proficient than Flea okay. with a base with a base. Yep. But he literally drinks a fifth of Jack Daniels every time he's on stage, and he scream like he puts the microphone in his mouth and he makes this sound. It's like. <laughs> it's, it's crazy but his eyes are always crossed and he pukes on stage but it's a show it's you know? a show <laughs> <laughs> it's but all anyway. about the experience 
it's uh it's the atmosphere you know but there's a great place there called ace of cups i saw them and uh dude he was he was crazy little last little story about that in columbus uh there was a guy and he just went by the angry gay and uh he was the the roadie for weed eater in columbus so he had a he had a pretty cool house and he had everybody over there and i'll never forget he was like bro we got bruschetta and uh, uh, what are they called? Uh, uh, them boards. We got those boards. We got bruschetta and boards. So I go back to this house, and dude, it was like it was. Imagine a metal show getting transplanted into a guy's house, and the food was incredible. But I just remember there was this Rottweiler. It's like, don't look at him. He's either going to hump you or bite you. He ain't got no middle. <laughs> and I was like, all right, dude. There we go. That, that was Columbus. Oh my goodness, that's hilarious. Uh, Good times. Well, let's uh, let's wrap it up. You got anything else that we didn't touch on that you wanna you wanna go over for this one? So, um, starting with this one, this will be over on this will be this episode will be on both feeds, just so people can show up and know what's going on. But all our stuff from this one on is gonna be over on on the peace, love, and meat feed. So we'll share it from that feed. And uh, just that, you know, obviously we're going to start doing stuff over there. So uh, that's the plan. We'll keep it rolling. Appreciate you guys. Appreciate the questions, the listens, whatever it is. Thank you very much.